as you remember, we talked about superficial Christianity and we talked about supernatural Christianity. Does anybody remember what superficial Christianity is? It's being on the surface or shallow or seeming that way only at first glance. Or in other words, you know, when you first look at somebody, they look like they're a Christian. They act like they're a Christian at first glance. But when you see them, the way they really act in private, they don't really act that way. Another word for that is being a hypocrite, hypocrite, which is someone who acts one way. He pretends or she pretends to be one way. Um, pretends to be a way that they're not and pretends to be better than they really are or to be pious or virtuous without really being so. And I think that we've all acted that way from time to time. You know, we're real cheery or happy or nice to somebody and then we turn around the corner and maybe we're not exactly the way we were before and we want to get away from doing things like that. The Bible says um, that we're to be reflecting God's glory, and that's what our purpose is here on this earth. It's to be reflecting the glory of God and to be supernatural Christians. And we talked about how being supernatural Christians requires us to be radical. Does anybody remember what the definition of radical is? When you think of radical, you think of somebody with a sign, you know, waving a sign or, you know, looking weird or whatever, but radical means to go back to the basics, or back to the fundamentals, and that's what we need to do is go back to the basics of the Word of God. We also saw in 1 Corinthians 9 that to run in this race of Christianity, we need to be disciplined and go into strict training. And for us to go up to a higher standard in our Christian lives, it takes hard work, it takes strict training, and it takes denying our flesh. Because our flesh wants to do things that are low level. Um, We all know that. (laughs) And it takes hard work to live uh, according to the word of God. So tonight we're going to talk about our mouth. Last time we talked about our mind. Tonight we're going to talk about our mouth. Our mouth can get us into a lot of trouble, can't it? How many people in here have had something negative said about you? Everybody alive on this earth, you know, that's probably over five years old or for sure over 12, has had something negative said about them. And those words can really affect you. But tonight I'm going to talk about the words that have more effect on you than anything anybody else could say. I'm going to talk about your own words. Your own words can have more effect on your life than anything anybody else could say. So tonight is going to be a higher standard in our words. Or in other words, you're making the cake, you're going to have to eat it. (laughs) Because our words create our world for us. Now, we all believe and we all understand how powerful God's words are. You want to turn to Isaiah 55? Isaiah 55, verse 10. It says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, 
but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. See, God's word is very powerful. And when he speaks, it's going to accomplish what he sends it, sends it forth to do. And we understand that. We, we fully comprehend that. But a lot of times we don't really comprehend that our words are very powerful also. Let's turn to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? That our tongue has that much power. Our tongue has power of li- the power of life and death in our life. And, I mean, that's something to really consider because our mouth a lot of times just goes and we don't even think about what we're saying, but what com- is coming out of our mouth is creating life or death in our own lives. In a commentary I read, it says it talks about death and life, and it talks about death and life of both the body and the soul, both of the speaker and the hearer. So we know that when we speak, it affects our life, but it affects the people around us. How many of you know that w- the words that you speak over your children can, can create a wonderful, healthy, emotionally healthy child, or can create a child with a great deal of difficulties, you know, if you berate them or talk bad about them all the time? And it can do the same thing for those of you that are married. What you say can have a great effect on your spouse. You can a lot of times create a good husband by the things that you say to him. It's not always possible. <laughs> but it has, you know, for, for most men, most normal men, it has what you say has a tremendous effect. You can create a great husband by the words that you say and how you build him up. Then it also says, they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And the commentary said, they who delight in constantly using it. You know, some people delight in talking. Amen? Amen. Right? (laughs) Whether for good or evil shall experience corresponding results. So if we delight in talking and we use it for good, we're going to experience corresponding results. If we delight in using our tongue... For bad, we're going to experience corresponding results. So it's very, very important what we do with our mouth. Amen? You know, and Mark, it talks about believing what we say, that it will happen. And so we really need to watch, you know, what comes out of our mouth. The Bible says that our life and our whole world is strongly affected by our words. Let's turn to James 3. James 3, verse 6. Now, this um, scripture will really stress the importance, or it, it uses an analogy of what your tongue is, and it's pretty scary, I think. It says, and the tongue is a fire. A fire burns things up, and we don't, we don't want to be burning up things with our tongue, do we? It says, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body, And sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, 
is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. God is telling us that we shouldn't be speaking out of both sides of our mouth. We shouldn't be speaking blessing and cursing. Um, I saw, have you all ever seen um, Anne of Green Gables? There's a character in the movie that is a neighbor. Uh, this little girl's an orphan, and she's adopted by this older brother and sister. And they have a neighbor who is just hilarious because she is a busybody backbiter. Um, I mean, just constantly. And she doesn't have anything good to say. But she can say, you know, the most wonderful thing to somebody's face and then basically just turn around and, you know, just it's absolutely hilarious. And it's such a good picture of what a lot of times we are like, you know, to somebody's face. A lot of times we're just wonderful. And then we turn around and say we become just a completely different person. And that's very scary. Um, you, you all have all seen people in the church setting that they're, you know, really, really nice to your face. And then they go to a restaurant and talk bad about you or around the corner or, you know, in a different department. And that's just a sign that they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth. And we need to always be careful to not do that. We need to guard our mouth. Uh, we need to put a bridle on our mouth so we don't sin against God and against other people. Our words can do two things. They, they, they reveal what's in our heart. They really do. Our words reveal what's in our heart. And our words also create what our world's going to be. The Bible talks about a whole lot of different kinds of words. It talks about kind words, harsh words, seductive words, persuasive, idle, reckless, pleasant, gossip, comforting, true and reliable words, spiritual words, rash words, twisted words, wisdom, quiet words. talks about a person who multiplies words, empty words. talks about words against the Lord. Um, talks about when there's more words, there's less meaning. False words. The more words, the less meaning. Now, I don't have this problem because I'm not a talker. <laughs> I'm more quiet. I have to make myself talk a lot of times. But have you ever been listening to somebody and they, they definitely have a gift for talking? And after a while, you just kind of, you realize that you've just gone numb, you know? <laughs> so Bible talks about the more words, the less the meaning there is there. <laughs> Some people, you, you don't really know how they are breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Because they never stop talking. But some people have a gift that way, you know, that they, they really have a lot to say. <laughs> False words, boastful words, sweet words, words of hatred. Talks about words of raving madness, words seasoned with salt, and words aptly spoken. And then the Bible, I mean, the Bible has so much to say about our words. I mean, it's almost endless. If you look at the book of Proverbs, 
and you ask the Lord to show you what you're supposed to be talking about and how you're supposed to be talking, the Lord will definitely show you. The book of Proverbs is great for that. Well, last time we talked about four tests for our thought life. Can anybody remember what those were? Okay, the first one starts with an L. Second letter is O. Love. (laughs) We talked about do our thoughts pass the love test. We're going to talk about do our words pass the love test. They don't pass the love test if we're gossiping or backbiting or if we're critical or tail-bearing or lying. Let's turn to Ephesians 4, verse 29. Let's see if our words pass the love test. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. See, if, we're gonna, if we're, our words are going to be full of love, we're going to be building up other people, and we're gonna, our words are going to benefit other people. And we really need to think about our thoughts before the, our words before they come out of our mouth. Are these words going to be a blessing to the people I'm talking to? Are they going to build them up? Are they going to encourage them? Are, are my words sharp or harsh or critical? Or am I talking because because um, I'm in a mood? <laughs> am I spewing these words out because I'm mad? Um, a lot of times we say things that we regret later, and it's really important to train ourselves that we don't do that. Okay, the second test. Since you didn't remember any of them, I'll give you a hint. It starts with a P. Try again. Hmm? No? Keep trying. Those are all good. Not the right test, though. P U. <laughs> Purpose, that's a good one, too, but it's not the right test. Purity. Do your... Is it... (laughs) We talked about our thoughts passing the love test and the purity test. Now we're going to talk about our words. Do our words pass the purity test? Let's turn to Ephesians 5, verse 3. Ephesians 5, verse 3. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. God wants our words to be pure. And one thing that is really helpful to keep our words pure is to keep our thoughts pure. And one way to keep our thoughts pure is not to listen to things that are impure, not to watch movies that have cuss words in them, not to watch TV shows that have cuss words or sexual joking. Um, Basically, that means that there's very little that you can watch. And that's okay. It's okay. Um, You know, 
it's okay not to go to the you know best movie that's just come out that's full of 18 sh you know what words, you know, um, because if those words don't go in your mind, then they're not going to come out of your mouth because they're not in there. But if you're watching things or listening to things, um, they're going in your mind, and sometime they're probably going to come out. When you're at a low moment, when you're over angry or overtired or frustrated, something that you fed into your mind that's improper might just pop out, and you might be really embarrassed, and you might be really sad that you did that. Now, there's times that you can't prevent those things from entering your mind, like if it's you know, at your work or somebody that you live with that you can't control what they say out of their, your mouth. But the things that you can control, keep them from getting in your mind. And then they won't pop out accidentally. And that's sometimes kind of hard to do if it's, you know, if everybody's going and seeing this, that, or the other, everybody's listening to this music. But you've got to take a higher standard and, and say no to a lot of things that aren't, aren't right. Um, and the scripture also talks about thanksgiving. If you're giving thanks, you're always going to be taking the higher road. There's so much to give thanks for, especially for us in the United States. If you are starting to feel down or discouraged about something, just find some information on a different country. Find out how many Christians are in that country. You know, you look up someplace like Iran, you know, 0.2% of the population might be Christians. You know, it's against the law to be a Christian. If you're a Christian, you get put in jail. Go to China, you know, they filter your email to make sure you're not saying anything about the Bible or whatever. Um, in the United States, you know, um, we have indoor plumbing. You know, we take it for granted, but, but, there's a lot of places in the world that don't have it. There's so much for us to be thankful for. So if we're ever tempted to just start crabbing and complaining, just think indoor plumbing. <laughs> it's a true blessing. It's a true blessing. And that I, I use that a lot, you know, because sometimes you do get depressed or whatever. And that's just something that I do. I think indoor plumbing. And it, it sounds really stupid because most everybody here grew up with indoor plumbing. But a lot of our grandparents didn't. And it's not been that long ago. And you don't have to go too far out of the United States to find people that don't. And if you go to other countries, the public restrooms aren't as nice as they are here. <clears throat> a lot of countries, there is a hole that you stand over. And that is the public restroom. And there, aren't, there is not toilet paper. You know, so if you ever decide that you're going to crab and complain, think indoor plumbing. <laughs> okay, the third test. I'm not going to use Donna because she has her notes. <laughs> Began with an F. There you go. Does it pass the faith test? Do our words pass the faith test? Now, can you guys give me some examples of things that we could say that would not be full of faith? So you're pregnant, Vicki. <laughs> 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 
Anybody else? Very good. Anybody else? How about you girls? Mm-hmm. Yep. What about worrying? Worrying is not full of faith. And, and Romans 14, 23, it, it says that everything does not come from faith is sin. So our words, if they're not full of faith, they're sin. And that's a pretty strong rule to go by. If our words are not full of faith, they're sin. So we need to be sure that we're speaking in line with God's word for our life. Words of fear, negative words are not in line with the word of God, and they don't pass that test. Okay, the last test. It begins with an F also. Yes, who said that? Yay, Lori. (laughs) Do they pass the fruitful test? Let's turn to Matthew 12. Our words produce fruit. Now, what kind of fruit is it? Hmm? Yes. Let's, Let's hope so. Let's hope our words produce love. Let's read it. Matthew 12, verse 33. Either make the tree sound healthy and good, and this is from the Amplified, either make the tree sound healthy and good and its fruit sound healthy and good, or make the tree rotten, diseased and bad, and its fruit rotten, diseased and bad. For the tree is known and recognized and judged by its fruit. You offspring of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil or wicked? For out of the fullness are the overflow the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man from his inner treasure flings forth good things, and the evil, evil man out of his inner storehouse flings forth evil things. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will have to give account for every idle, inoperative, non-working word they speak. For by your words you will be justified and acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned and sentenced. Wow. So the Bible says that we're flinging things out of our mouth. We're flinging good things or bad things. If we're flinging out good things, it's coming out of the good treasure that's on the inside of us. If we're flinging out bad things, the Bible says we have an evil storehouse on the inside of us. That's not too good, is it? We don't want people hearing what we say and saying, oh, there's something pretty bad on the inside of her. We want good things to be coming out of us. So what we're going to do is we're going to use a couple of illustrations to help emphasize what we've talked about. So if Vicki and uh, Pat could come up. And what we'd like you to do is you have a piece of paper on your um, chair, and everybody that has a green piece of paper, we want you to write something bad that can come out of your mouth, like gossip or something like that we talked about. And the people on this side get to talk about something good. Like words of comfort. Yeah, 
Yeah, encouraging, you know, something like you're encouraging people or something like that. <laughs> I can't smell it. Yeah. No books. <laughs> a phrase, a phrase is fine. You guys done? Okay, pink pass it this way and green pass it that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got you on the wrong side. Remember we talked about the title of this being, you're making the cake, you're going to have to eat it. Pat is making a recipe with your words, and Vicki's making a recipe with your words. So let's see what they come up with. Say it real loud. Make your okay. recipe. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay. You're stupid. <laughs> right. Stupid, hateful, broke, sick, unbelieving, moron, brainless. <laughs> 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 Good job. You look nice today. Sickness. Don't worry, be happy.
you're in control. God's in control. Don't worry. Great job. Okay, I got be blessed, and you're a super hoss. <laughs> Is your recipe done? Let's see what she came up with. Let's see what Pat came up with. Let's see what her recipe made. Why don't you pass it around? Now, if you can look at your words like, my words are garbage, if they're, ne- if they're negative, that help you. Now, let's see what the other recipe came up with. Oh, yummy. That's good fruit. And our mouth can produce good fruit. Now, we're going to have another illustration. Thank you very much. <coughs> Renata's going to help me, and I need one volunteer. Okay. 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 something I've got to do. See you later. See you later. Bye. Hey, let's go to lunch. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good. Nice to see you. I haven't seen you in a long time. Can you hear her? Talk louder. Yeah. Talk right into it. Hello? Talk real loud. Okay. How you been doing? Okay, I've been doing really good. Though. Good. It's so good to see you. I'm... Have you heard about Lexi? No. What? She's not working at J.C. Penney anymore. <laughs> really? I heard she got fired. Oh my God! For what? For what? For what? I bet she was flirting with some of those men down there. I'm... Have you seen what she wears to work? <laughs> She wears the dumpiest clothes. I bet she got them from Goodwill. Probably. She doesn't have much. But she does flirt with men, you know. Mm-hmm. I understand why she got fired. You know, uh, she, I think she'd been flirting because her husband's been cheating on her. <gasps> no. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. You know he was married before? Get out. <laughs> yeah. He cheated on his first wife, too. 
Anyway, I think that he started cheating on her and looking at other women when she gained all that weight after she had her third child. <laughs> yeah, you should move up in size after a while. It's better to sing. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Do you know that she picks up pizza for lunch almost every day? You know, she really ought to pay a lot more attention to her kids. Mm -hmm. She did. I think she had too many. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> did you know that the youngest son was in the principal's office? For what? Well, everything you can imagine. But everybody knows at school knows all the problems that she has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. always running around the street. But her kids act that way because of her. Mm-hmm. Oh mm -hmm. She's always been that way. Really? Yeah, she's got so many problems. Mm. You know, I've heard a lot about her that's not good. Mm. All her neighbors say the same thing about her, too. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yep, yep, yep. <sighs> Did you know that she used to run the drama team at church? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. She could do whatever she wanted because the pastor really liked her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> her and her husband run, ran everything at church. Mm-hmm. The pastor does whatever they want. Really? They give a lot of money. Oh, see, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's why she's buying a clothes at Goodwill. Yeah. I mean, really. But a lot of people can't stand her. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> now, have you all ever heard a conversation like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to redo it, Okay. Now, you know we weren't talking about you because you're not married. <laughs> Hi, Lexi. How are you doing? I am great. How are you? Doing good. It's so good to see you. It's good to see you, too. It's been so long. I missed you. I missed you, too. Well, I've got to go. I have an appointment. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Hi. How are you doing? It's so good to see you. Nice to see you, too. You know, I just saw that Lexi girl. Oh, really? How is she doing? Oh, do you know that she got fired? For what? Well, I think she was flirting with men at work. Are you, are you sure? I, oh, yeah, I know. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, I know. Have you asked her personally? No. Well, it's not really fair for you to make that assumption unless you really talk to her and find out what's going on. But I know these things. <laughs> <laughs> I know you think you know these things, but God knows the truth, and unless you ask her, she talks to God. Hmm. Well, maybe. But did you know her husband was cheating on her? Do you know that's true? Well, well, Jane told me she was. He was. Well, don't they go to church? Yeah. Well, he should know the commandments, then, if cheating is not one of the good ones. Well, <laughs> maybe he's not. I think he is, though, but maybe he's not. Maybe you're right. You should talk to her before you start talking about mm -hmm. her because you don't know the truth. But did you know that she gambles on the internet? Um, are you screening and filtering her sites that she goes to? No, I just kind of picked that up in the spirit. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I. Wow. I mean, unless you are really like standing behind her watching what she's doing, you don't know what she's mm. doing. Boy, you're not very fun to talk to. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. 
but you know, God doesn't like ugliness, so I can't really talk hmm. to him anymore. So. Well, I guess we ought to just go. Oh, yeah. See you later. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Now, have you ever been in situations like that? Now, don't you think the second one was a lot better than the first one? And you can control what goes on in your conversations when people start um, talking bad about other people. Now, whether Lexi knew I was talking about her or not, it's still very hurtful if you're talking bad behind somebody's back. So let's make a commitment to walk in a higher standard before God and not talk about people. And you'd be surprised how much gossip or how many things that are told you that have no basis in truth or reality whatsoever. And you've got you to you put a clamp on those things right away before they get into your mind. You just need to put a halt to them. And um, you'll be far better off for it. And you'll find that if you're not exposing yourself to that kind of stuff, that not only will you be choosing to live a higher standard, but you'll feel like you're living a lot higher standard. You won't, you won't be drugged down by turmoil and whirlwinds and all that kind of garbage. Amen? So um, as we conclude this teaching, Angie's going to lead us in prayer and um, help us to put a lock on our mouths. Do you want to read that scripture? Um, hold on, I'll get it for you. No, um, it's Psalm 141.3. And in another translation, it says, Help me, Lord, to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed. So let's pray. Unfruitful.
see the best in each other. Help us to see the best in the sisters that we have here. Tell them that we need to lift each other up. And um, we, we just give you praise and we give you honor. And it says, you know, there's, there's 722 scriptures that refer to just words in the Bible. God, we know that you know that the power of words, the power of words can, can, can kill, they can, they can bring life. And help us to remember that. And I thank you for the women that are here. I ask God that you bless them abundantly as they go about their evening and, and their week. And bless Pastor Diane um, from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Now let, no, let no one turn against her pastor. And we thank you for this time. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Rebecca, would you go back and get the sign-up sheet? Cassie, you want to come over here and pick out a name or a number? Somebody is going to get this, Winning the War of Words. 26. Is there a 26? Then we have a, a basket full of, a uh, gift bag full of stuff that also has the same thing in it. And you all got a little mini book on words. And uh, uh, Kat, you want to come up and get ready? 22. interested in BMI uh, things <laughs> do you know your BMI's there's two different guys I didn't have enough of the main handout so I just copied the BMI so I need to keep one I don't know if anybody's everybody's interested or not all right I may sit part of this time Diane I only get 15 minutes so you know last time I talked for twice that long so I have to keep it short um my favorite word thing is f- 
Father, I thank you that my body functions in the perfection which God created it to function, and I forbid any malfunction in this body in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I say that every day. <laughs> so I don't believe that we're going to get cancer. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of things we can do to prevent it. Um, so when I started like looking things up for this small spiel, I uh, started reading a lot of studies, and then I started thinking about, like, in the Bible, did you ever hear of anybody dying of cancer? No? So I started looking in the Bible to see what do they eat. So what do they eat in the Bible? Fish. Fish. Bread. Fruit. Bread. 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 Honey. Honey. Vegetables. Legumes. Nuts. Locusts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the locusts. Anyway. So I went online and I'm like, there's a Bible diet out there. But really, it's similar to the Mediterranean diet because that's the Mediterranean, I suppose, you know. So, um, but that's exactly it. Fish, nuts, fruit, vegetables, bread. And that's pretty much the anti-cancer diet. Thank you very much. Okay. No. <laughs> so um, anyway, there's a lot of studies out there. And then I thought, well, um, Adam and Eve, they were pretty much vegetarians till you know, they... They were eating nuts and fruits and everything. Uh, what does it say? It says, every herb yielding seed. So seeds, nuts, fruit. Um, uh, they drank a lot of grape juice or wine, um, which grapes are good. And Jesus' first miracle was with grapes, right? Grape juice. Uh, Jesus multiplied loaves and fishes. So they ate a lot of fish. So I was happy. And John the Baptist ate nuts and berries. So, and locusts, I guess. So, chocolate covered locusts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, the main, your body just normally produces these things called free radicals. Have you heard of free radicals? They're these little toxins, and it's just your normal metabolism. Your body breaks down, releases these little things that are kind of toxic. They actually increase when you're around environmental toxins. So in other words, if you live with a smoker, or if you smoke, or if you uh, around radiation, that increases these free radicals. That's these little things that they attack your DNA and they break your cells down. So what you got to do is um, increase your antioxidant intake. And that it reminds me of a little Pac-Man game. It's like a little thing that eats those toxins in your body, prevents the breakdown of your cells. And really, all, a lot of diseases are related to that, breakdown and inflammation. And so um, anyway, so it's like a little devouring thing. Uh, so increasing your antioxidants, I gave you this list of some of the things that are related, uh, some things you might incorporate into your diet. So beta carotene, there's a lot of studies with, did you guys all get this handout? So um, these things will help in your diet. So if you can incorporate these, like orange foods, like sweet potatoes. Like I had the most awesome sweet potato planks tonight. And they have them on, on the hospital um, menu. But sweet potatoes, carrots, all the orange things, cantaloupe, um, carrots, that sort of thing. These things that are in here, mangoes, those are really good. Uh, they've done a lot of studies with that. I'll kind of go over a few of the studies. But um, lutein, that's good for your eyes. That's in green leafy stuff. So like spinach, 
greens, if you can eat greens. Um, lycopene, that's mainly, uh, we get that from tomato products. And typically the absorption is improved if you cook tomato products. So if you're, instead of like eating, I'm not saying tomatoes are bad because tomatoes are actually high in vitamin C, but that um, if you cook it, that, that um, lycopene is absorbed more efficiently. So, um, and that's mainly where Americans get their lycopene. Selenium, that really varies depending on where the vegetables are grown, depending on the soil. So if you eat one Brazil nut a day, that is enough selenium in your diet. Now if you eat two, it's too much. So just eat one Brazil nut a day. So that, they've done a lot of studies with selenium, by the way, lately. So um, also vitamin A, which is like beta carotene too. So uh, sweet potatoes, that sort of thing. And vitamin a, uh, C, which is of course your, your uh, fruits and vegetables. Um, it's just a, another antioxidant. It's, they, I'll, I'll go over a few of the studies with you, but um, it's just one of those things that devours those free radicals. Well, it actually protects the cell. Yeah, it's a mineral, so it actually protects the cell. Um, we recommend it, like, for really sick people. So, um, and then vitamin E, the studies are kind of about that one. And really, they don't recommend taking a ton of vitamin E supplements. But, and then it's, it also says a couple things on here that I don't really agree with, like safflower and corn oil. Those probably aren't the best things to eat. But nuts, nuts are good, like almonds. So uh, selenium, the one study with uh, gastric cancer, so GI cancer, like stomach cancer, was with selenium and vitamin E. But it was together. So like to, to do those, you know, like nuts, like a Brazil nut, because <laughs> you're gonna get some vitamin E with that and some selenium. So gastric cancer was related to that and also liver cancer. And colorectal cancer, um, uh, that was also related to selenium and um, colorectal cancer, of course, fiber. So you remember Milito's laws, eating fiber is good because anything that moves things along your GI tract is good. So colorectal cancer is fiber. Also, they've done some studies with exercise, and that lowers your um, colorectal cancer incidence. And I think it's because exercise oxygenates your body and so stuff moves through your GI tract quicker and you don't absorb the toxins that way. So any kind of exercise oxygen, oxygenating your um, body is gonna help that way. A lot of uh, skin cancer, they did a study, I forget, was this a Swiss study? They did, um, they did that with selenium too and found skin cancers related to selenium intake. And, um, the soil in the eastern seaboard is low in selenium and they have a higher rate of skin cancer there. And then oral cancer, like mouth cancer, is related to tobacco and alcohol and they did a lot of studies with fruits and vegetables with that. So increasing your fruits and vegetables. And it seemed like almost every single study said fruits and vegetables, fruits and vegetables. So eat your fruits and vegetables. Also lung cancer, they related it. And there was an Italian study with fruits and vegetables, antioxidants, um, and breast cancer too. So it was vitamin C, beta carotene, and um, uh, what else, vitamin C and E. And then uh, they did another study with colorectal cancer um, with re which related omega-3 fatty acids. So we talked about fish. So fish is supposed to be good. Um, people who ate fish or got omega-3 fatty acids, which is the fat in the fish, um, or like some nuts, um, 
the ones who got that in their diet, it lo if they had polyps, it lowered their cancer rate by 12% just by increasing that. So anyway. Um, and another one was with breast cancer. They did like broccoli. So it's your cruciferous vegetables that are good, like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. You guys eat that stuff? If you can incorporate something like that every day, it's really good. So it's those leafy things, those gassy vegetables that um, are really good. And that was good. That was with breast cancer. And they, for a while there, they were like, well, we don't know if soy is really good with breast cancer. Maybe you should stay away from it if you have, like, a high incidence of breast cancer in your, in your family. But um, now they're saying maybe not eating as much soy products is not so bad, but including something called lignans, which are phytoestrogens. And um, that is from, this is kind of, I don't know what kind of bread they, I guess they used to eat in the, the Bible, but it's sourdough bread, rye bread, flaxseed, anybody eat flaxseed? So flaxseed and berries. So that helped protect against um, breast cancer. So, you know, any kind of berries. Blueberries are really good, raspberries are really good. And then, of course, another thing that in a Mediterranean diet is olive oil or olives. And so, um, of course, this was part of Liso's laws, you know. So you should use olive oil instead, and that it just did a cancer study. And they said to stay away from sunflower and corn oil because they promoted cancer. So using canola, nuts, and flaxseed and olive oil were beneficial. Also, garlic and onions. So if you eat, like, a clove of garlic every day, which probably because people stay away from you and then you don't catch any sickness or anything, you know. <laughs> And here, this was an interesting one to me. Tea, you know, we've heard about green tea being an, an antioxidant. Um, a Chinese, they did a Chinese study and a Swedish study. The, and the Chinese study was with green tea, and that um, it's anti-inflammatory. But the Swedish study, they used black tea. And one cup of black tea a day decreased your cancer risk by 18%. So they recommended two cups of tea a day. So, you know, eight-ounce cups. So 16 ounces of tea is, is supposed to be really good for you. And it doesn't have to be green tea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You could put honey. Yeah. Right. You're right. So it doesn't have to be green tea. And then this really big British study they did, um, they compared meat eaters with fish eaters with vegetable eaters and their rate of cancer. Meat eaters, it was 6.8%. Now, I don't know whether they decided what type of meat these people were eating because it really does make a difference. Like, red meats tend to increase your cancer intake, or it's mainly the saturated fat. It's similar to, like, a heart-healthy diet. Um, also, processed meats in increase your risk of cancer. Processed and smoked meats, um, they've done studies with that. The nit nitrosamines increase your colorectal cancer um, incidence. So I don't know if they really actually separated those types of meat out in this British study, because, but it was just meat, fish, and vegetables. So the meat was 6.8%, the fish eaters were 3.7%, and the vegetarians were 4%. So really the fish eaters were better than just the vegetarians. So if you're a vegetarian, you should eat fish. So, and I think it's because of that anti-inflammatory aspect of the fish. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm, 
twice maybe. Some people eat it every day. I wouldn't eat it every day. Yeah. Um, well, both have some, you know. Um, so, you know, the stuff from the sea, of course, has more mercury in it. So I think deep sea stuff is better. Whatever comes from the deep sea is better. But like they say, even like scallops and shrimp are better than as far as that. Now, you don't get as much omega-3 from that, but as far as the mercury goes. So... Right, the older fish are higher. Yeah, salmon, but it's a fatty fish, so it depends on, you know, I guess how big the salmon was. I don't know. Yeah, I know. So that was interesting to me. Um, the, back to that processed meat thing, though. If you know you're going to eat a hot dog, if you can get something high in vitamin C when you eat that hot dog, that, that kind of binds that effect that negative effect of that. So I always like to pop a vitamin C or drink some orange juice with it or something, or eat an orange or some strawberries or something. I do, if I mean, <laughs> I'm weird. Okay. Um, they did a lot of studies. Now, this was interesting to me because um, they related your BMI to breast cancer risk. And this was in postmenopausal women, though. Premenopausal, it wasn't related because women who are young who exercise too much can mess up their hormones, so you don't want to overdo it. But they related your BMI, that's your body mass index, so that's why I handed that out. 31.1 and over increased their breast cancer risk. So, and that, and part of it was the abdominal fat area, that that increases your insulin um, excretion, and that insulin is, uh, is kind of an inflammatory thing. So that's like an inflammatory thing in your body. So anyone who's got more truncal fat is more at risk. So anyway, um, so if you, uh, if you know your BMI, it's on the back of here. You just kind of plot your, your height by your weight. And so you, they want your BMI like 25 or less is usually what it is. So here's the latest recommendation is to exercise to lose the weight. So we're going to exercise afterwards. But the re newest recommendation is 45 minutes five times a week. That's a lot. Yeah, it's moderate. It was 30. Now they're saying 45 is better. I mean, if you can do 30, that's good. If you haven't really exercised. Yeah. Now it's five times a week, 45 minutes. Do you think that's because of all the processed food that we're eating? And it's just everything is, we have to counteract all that junk that's being. Well, it moves stuff through you quicker, too. I don't know. Because what's interesting to me, the, the Cancer Re um, Association recommends that. But when you exercise, you actually release uh, free radicals, which I think is kind of strange. But, um, but that's what they're saying. And, and they think, that with, especially with GI cancer, because of that exercise, that oxygen, it's going to move things through quicker. Um, anyway, that, that was that. Um, they also, the Italian study, this must have been a really big cancer study, they recommend um, low glycemic index foods. So you don't want to eat a lot of sugar. <laughs> so... Moderate amounts of sugar, they related that to cancer in, in, incidents. Um, what else? Okay, and my, this is Lizzo's laws, an additional Lizzo law. Don't, um, they recommend, there's been some studies with charbroiled food. I know in the summer we like to barbecue, which I love to barbecue. <laughs> but that heat inc increases free radicals in your body. The heated meat, the charbroiled stuff, the black stuff on there, that's carcinogenic. It's not just the charcoal, it's just the heating process 
And if you heat it too high, like barbecue, and the flames are hitting it. So it doesn't even have to be charcoal. It can be flames hitting your meat. So they're recommended, this cancer site said, um, put Reynolds wrap on your grill, stick holes in it, so the, the flames don't hit the meat. Okay, so it like just still heats it. And then do small, thin pieces of meat so you don't have to leave it on there so long so the temperature doesn't get so high, like kebabs or thin steaks or whatever. And grill fruits and vegetables, they said, in um, lower temperature. So anyway, and then one other thing that I wanted to throw in here was um, washing your fruits. Do you guys wash your fruit when you eat it? with a colander and put like, especially berries, any porous fruits like that, you put it and you let the water run through it. I used to use this junk called Fit, but they took it off the market. But they said that's not any better. I haven't seen it. Did you? Yeah. But they said it, you don't really have to do that. Just make sure you get water and like shush it up real good and then, you know, get a paper towel and wipe it off. But, and um, another one is like apples. Um, I peel my apples now, which I used to not do, but that's part of the fiber, but pesticides. the pesticides on there. Yeah, and there really haven't been definitive studies with pesticides. This is just my personal opinion. <laughs> you know what? I, we, I mean, a lot of people make it, I don't like, not like strawberries, stuff like that, but most produce, we use dishwasher soap a lot. Yeah, they don't recommend that, really, but because, yeah, it goes into the pores of the fruit. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it tastes like you soap. Know, <laughs> Soapy green beans. Do you? Yeah. Because there's phosphates in some of that stuff, which. It's a tiny bit of food. Tiny, tiny bit. I didn't, I won't use it, but I let Dr. Goldberg recommend it. Really? Yeah. I like, mm. Well, you some help. Just using water, that's not going to get off any coli. Well, if you rinse it good, or sometimes if you soak the stuff. But yeah, I know if you soak yeah. raspberries, they fall apart. That's well, the only no, problem I don't with that. You soak on, the, on that kind of stuff because you can't. Right. So what would you use soap on? Tomatoes, green peppers, any, anything with a peel on it. Do you? I mean, everything. Well, they recommend just using a brush on stuff, like get a, one of those little veggie brushes and brush your vegetables, like your, your potatoes, because the E. coli is on there. So anyway. I don't know if people might think that they would do soap on, but they do. So anyway, um, they the only... Uh, one other thing, supplements, the cancer side said you don't really need to take supplements, which I think most people don't eat that well. I take a vitamin. But the only supplement they really recommend is the vitamin D. So fish oil, of course, yeah. But um, as far as cancer, the vitamin D, the thousand um, units of D3, which they've done studies with like colon cancer with the <laughs> prevention with the vitamin D. So. Zinc, um, it helps wound healing. It helps if you, like someone had diarrhea a long time and they get a zinc deficiency. They can, and, um, yeah, and um, zinc, sore throat, cold, they've done studies with zinc. And also um, um, taste acuity, like someone who's malnourished and foods just don't taste real well, like say you, were sick or something for a long time, and you, foods just don't taste right, you can have a zinc deficiency. But you don't want to take a zinc supplement for too long because you get a copper deficiency unless you're taking copper with it. Like we had a lady come in the ICU who was taking zinc for her cold, and she overdosed and almost had a heart attack. <laughs> 
her heart, she had chest pains. <laughs> yeah, and they diagnosed that. So, yeah, so you don't want to, like, totally overdo it. Anyway, so mainly what the cancer thing is, um, five fruits and these are like Lietzow's laws, remember, okay? Mostly plant sources in your diet, at least five fruits and veggies a day. More vegetables than fruit is what they're saying, most of the studies. Um, the whole grains, the fish, think about eating more fiber, so like the beans and the nuts and that kind of thing. Exercising 30 to 45 minutes, five times a week. They say moderate exercise, which is housework, walking, gardening, bicycling. Like bicycling like five miles an hour. And limit your alcohol to one drink a day. So that's it. Any questions? <laughs> Did I do it in 15? Yay. <laughs> There really haven't been too many. Yeah. Um, Splenda is probably okay. I wouldn't use a lot of saccharin. No, I don't use yeah. It's real sweet. I just use sugar or honey usually. You know. Well, not coffee. Maybe in tea. Tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So any any other questions? Questions? Natural like the brown sugar stuff that you get? Not really. She means like in the raw. Right, the raw. No, not much difference. Not too much difference. There might be a, I'm not sure it no. Yeah, it's definitely not that much better. <laughs> so Yeah, oh, I knew somebody was going to ask about organic stuff, right? <laughs> um, well, they say it doesn't affect you, but, I mean, that's what the studies are. But, you know, personally, I don't know. It can't be good. I think so. Maturing quicker. Yeah, and they're, and it seems like kids are growing taller or something. And I don't know if it's that hormone related or not, you know, I don't know. But they don't specifically say yes, that that's, now I think personally if you can get like organic food, it's much, it's got to be better for you, you know, without pesticides and hormones and stuff. You know, I think cumulative, because most of these studies were like, it's your lifetime. It's what you've been doing your whole life that, you know, catches up with you. So, I mean, you can change now for sure, but, you know, it's like a cumulative thing. So. Anything, yeah, that have, yeah. And probably berries wouldn't, like I get organic strawberries because they're so porous and like, and some of them, they use a lot of pesticides on it or things like from the Chilean grapes, they're really bad. They, they just, a lot of the foreign stuff, they just spray them to death with pesticides. So if you can get, you know, more uh, stuff grown in the United States is probably a little better. It's not always the best thing because I, a friend of mine um, knew a guy who grew 
who sold popcorn, organic popcorn. And so he got like $5 for the organic and like $2 for the regular. So he just mixed it all together <laughs> and sold it all as organic, you know, and it wasn't. So you don't always know. There's no regulation on this stuff is the problem. So. Kids, like your age is, that's like three to four cups a day. Like that's probably good, really. I mean, as far as your calcium... No, <laughs> nah, I really doubt it. <laughs> no, no, I think it's it's good for um for you to get the calcium. You know, there's there haven't really been specific studies on that. So, yeah, yeah. For for your age, you need to have like four milks a day. So it could be a yogurt, it could be a milk, it could be like two slices of cheese. That's the same amount of calcium. So. Yeah. Not. It's expensive. Right. You know, that God is going to take care of the things that we don't have any control over. Right. You know, I'd love to be able to provide, you know, to eat, you know, range grown chicken. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it's so, it's so expensive. expensive. I know. I can't. I can't. I gotta save a lot, too, yeah. Is Aldi really? Ah. And it's cheaper, you're right. Well, I joined a co-op that has organic stuff. But you can't get fresh fruits and vegetables. You can get frozen stuff. But they, oh, I love to have a hot Yeah, me too. I do that in the summer, but, you know. Okay. Yeah. See, ideally, I'd like to have this huge garden or this big plot of land where I could grow all this stuff and then can it. But <laughs> like my grandpa used to do, you know. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, thank you.
Love it. Cool. Are you doing any exercise? 